All right, everybody, welcome to The Lawyer Show. I am your lawyer, Jeremy Rosenthal, and The Lawyer Show is our weekly podcast from 12 to 1. Uh, It is by lawyers, for lawyers, and those who have a morbid curiosity and want to peek in at what lawyers do and and some of the things that we kind of say at the water cooler, our complaints, uh, you know, good, bad, ugly, all, and everything in between. And so today... Uh, I've got a very special guest. I say that every week, and every it just happens to be true every week. Um, and I've been looking forward to talking to this guy for a long time. And uh, and so let me introduce uh, your lawyer today, uh, as well as mine, Judd Leach. And uh, let me tell you a little bit about Judd, and, and I'm going to give everybody just a real quick background here because we're going to have a lot of ground to cover. Um, Judd is probably one of my favorite, favorite humans running around the planet. And he is he is a ridiculously nice, interesting, fascinating guy that if if Judd doesn't like you, you just kind of need to look in the mirror and 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 figure things out in your life. But but let me I'm I'm gonna kind of brag about Judd here for a little bit because we could spend really the whole hour here and Judd not talk about himself this way because Judd just doesn't do things like that. Uh, so Judd uh, is a professor of business law at Tarleton State University. Um, and Judd's path to, to, this, uh, 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 to, to his current role is this. Um, and, and I know, you know, uh, uh, Judd and I were friends in law school. That's how we got to know each other. Um, and I, we bonded by Judd making extremely good grades and me complimenting Judd on his extremely good grades um, and wondering how can I make good grades like Judd. And Judd kept telling me how to do it. He said, you just have to work hard, and I kind of felt like I was. Judd, Judd works really hard and is really smart. That, that, that helps. Um, I had the good looks. That's all I had going for me. But Judd, uh, Judd graduated first in our class at SMU Law School. Uh, and then Judd got uh, Judd worked uh, for for some years at one of those really big, tall building law firms in downtown Dallas, um, where he did a lot of transactional work. Um, and 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 after having done all these things, um, you know, Judd basically said, "I'm going to be happy with my life." Not that the big firm, you know, isn't isn't a happy way to existence, but uh, that's why Judd. Uh, went went and is teaching kids now and, and influencing lives and so you don't see a whole lot of people who are uh, you know uh, being valedictorian at SMU law school is um, not a lot of people get to do that and and so anyway I want to talk a lot about that today and Judd also played for the Longhorns so we're going to kick him in the crotch about that too Judd introduce yourself and and uh, uh, talk to um, Talk to us and and tell us just let, let's start because I've already done all the introducing. Um, tell us about your uh, family and where you're from. We'll start there. Okay. Okay. Well, I am Judd Leach, and you said I'm their lawyer. We should be clear that I don't represent anyone. See, Jeremy, you've already missed this one opportunity. Oh. Well, I I, so, I, uh, I I feel like this is um, you know what well they would have to pay you. Yeah, well, that well, no one pays me anymore. So I, you know, I as a as a state employee. <laughs> okay. I've given up money. I gave it up for the higher for a higher purpose. Um, I do want to make some corrections. Sure. Though. Oh no, don't do that. Okay, okay, but go ahead. Yes, correct. And then and then I'll I'll, I'll tell you about my my family. But I um first I want to thank you for giving me this chance to disappoint a lot of people I don't know. Usually I just disappoint people I do know, and so now I'll have a chance to disappoint a group of people of total strangers, and I, I don't get a chance to do that a lot, so here we go. I actually wasn't first in the class. I was third. I, I high scored. How, I, was, uh, I was first on the bar exam. That was my <laughs> I didn't exam. even know that. I didn't even know that. I didn't even know that you were first on the bar exam, but how do you, how do you live with yourself being third out of a class of however many – Uber and, and and see, and it's not like you're third 
in the class of Nowhereville High School, right? You know, you're third at SMU Law. We are. There's a lot of really aggressive, dorky people like me living in the library morning, noon, and night. So, so anyway, okay. So, so you were only third at SMU. You were first at the, in the in the bar exam. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Um, but keep going. Yeah, that was my parlor trick. So actually, I remember number one and number two, Alexis Dixon and and Sarah Lee, both very, very, very smart students uh, and very, very nice people generally. So if on the chance that they're listening, I want to make sure that they get credit. Alexis was first, Sarah was second, um, and uh, I. And then the bar exam was just a parlor trick, and that's what comes from working hard. Because I'm certainly not smarter than than your average bear, but I did put in a lot of hours in the bar exam. I, Jeremy, I grew up 60 miles from where I'm sitting right now. So I'm, um, for those who don't know, Tarleton State University is in Stephenville, Texas, and um, this university's been here for a little over 100 years. I grew up in Brownwood, Texas, so I grew up right down the road. In fact, Brownwood and Stephenville were um, huge sports rivals back in, in my day, so much so that, that when we made the decision to move here, I actually paused for a minute because I thought, I can't, I can't live in Stephenville. These were our natural, these are our enemies, but of course, they're not. They're just normal people or as normal as you, you know, can get these days. So. Is Stephenville the Yellow Jackets? It is. It is, yes. I think they had they had and and Art Bryles was coach forever and ever. He was. He he was their coach when I was in high school playing against them. Okay. Um, and and not that on the off chance that there's a high school sports fan or football fan, Texas high school football fan listening. Um, Brownwood and Stevensville played each other for decades. And Brownwood always won. I mean, it was like a, the team you'd play for homecoming. You'd play Stephenville for homecoming. And then Art Ryle showed up, and Stephenville became an incredibly competitive team. And, and they kind of managed to keep that. So he really kind of redid the, kind of reinvented the culture there for winning, um, at least sports-wise. And, and uh, so anyway, yeah, that, that's where Art Bryles. And then he went to Houston and mm-hmm. Jack, maybe, and then Baylor, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I grew up grew up 60 miles from here, so I'm back at least in the same vicinity of where I grew up. I wouldn't have imagined being back, um, you know, if someone had told me this 10 years ago. Um, I'm currently married still, amazingly. My wife, whom you've met, it's been a long mm-hmm. time since you've been, but I'm still married to her. <laughs> God help her. Uh, she is she is definitely deserved hazard pay for that. Um, and and my we have two kids now. We've got a, a my daughter's 16, and then um, at the age of 40, we decided it'd be nice to have another kid. So I've got a five year old. I've I've got I've got friends with with grandkids older than my son. So we're we're going to be the old parents at least with respect to him. So. Um, but that's where we are now, 16 and 5, and trying to survive the zombie apocalypse. And and speaking of parlor tricks, um, so at SMU, I was, you were married at the time. You were married when you were there, right? And you guys were living in the mid-cities, I want to say? That's correct. Okay. And you were commuting every day from Hearst, Euless, Bedford to Southern Methodist University. That's correct. Yeah, and that commute for all of our listeners who are because we're we're nationwide, we're you know probably international at this point. Our ten viewers are, are <laughs> who knows who knows where they are. Right, they're very, they're very spread out. That, that 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 commute sucks. I mean that 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 commute sucks. That that's a hard one. I was living right there, and you were not a part of the. So you were commuting, and and you were not a big part of the SMU party scene like I was, with the body glitter and the tight shirts and and all those fun things. Um, right. So you did this all, uh, you know. I mean, you just, I mean, it just, it just never ceases to amaze me the 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 way that you that you kind of challenge yourself. So uh, let, let's let's go back to um, okay. So from Brownwood. Uh, you played. Uh, was your next stop UT? 
Next up was next up was UT. Okay, talk and, about how bad the Longhorns suck. <laughs> well, I, this is. I think a lot of people are surprised to, to find out um, just over the years. I'm not a huge sports fan. I don't watch sports. Um, I've never watched sports, and and it's fine if you do. I don't have any problem with it. I just I I don't really follow um, except occasionally maybe a highlight here or there, but I really don't watch sports. Texas has, um, you know, in the mid-2000s, Texas was, I remember their national championship team, and that was a really, really good team. That was one of those teams that if you if you messed up, they were going to score points off of it. And, and sadly enough, I think for teams like the University of Texas, they should have teams, you can't win the national title every year but they're not even close to contention every year. And a team like that with that kind of money and that kind of draw um, really should be in the, in the running year in and year out. I, I was kidding. I didn't mean you to talk about how they actually suck, and you are. No, no. I, mean, they don't, <laughs> I, I don't understand it. I don't get it because, you know, every once in a while a team will pop up that, that has lived in obscurity for years, that they'll come onto the scene and it's like, wow, they've really put something together that mm-hmm. year. Texas acts like that instead of acting like Alabama. Like, Texas, you should be Alabama, not, you know, the University of Cincinnati. Well, you, you, when you talk to me about when your experience playing with UT, uh, you described it as political. Do you, rem- and you may not remember that, but you, uh, you played with... Uh, under John Makovic. Yes. What position did you play? I, at, at the beginning, I was a tight end, and then eventually I moved to defensive end. Okay. And and I, I think you remember, uh, I, I remember you telling me about, you know, that the, the team was really, you had assistant coaches that were kind of trying to angle for themselves a little bit more, and maybe that's kind of how I remember. Did, uh, am I on the right track or no? don't remember I don't remember that so much um, all, I'm not saying that I didn't say that but it's been a long time sure <laughs> I may have no it was um, it it's much more of a business I, I will say that and I think that's true of any large college program it's um, it can take some of the joy out of the sport certainly it's, it's because our this our football teams I mean it's a ridiculous thing the college football is a ridiculous thing in the United States. I mean, if you talk to anybody who is who is not from the United States and explain college football to them, it, it just doesn't compute. You know, they've got national teams that don't, don't have that kind of following. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's much more of a regimented kind of a – takes a lot of the, the joy out of, out of it. Now, I will say this. As far as practice goes, <laughs> Practice is a lot easier in college than it was in high school. I mean, you because you don't run into each other. You don't spend as much time bashing each other's heads in. Um, but I will tell you, and this is going to surprise some of you. Well, some of you. No one knows me. It's going to surprise you probably, Jeremy. I'm not a big football fan. I, I As far as it goes, I think that the sport has gotten to a point where it's hard to justify the risks um, that are associated with, with the sport. And – um, I'm not one, I'm, I'm kind of a never-say-never never type, but my son, who is looks like a miniature me, and I have a feeling will grow up to be a pretty, not that I am this anymore, but a relatively muscular, you know, kind of athletic kid. Oh, I do really go am. on about your, yes, about how, <laughs> about how your son's going to look like you. I mean, he's, pretty, he's already incredibly handsome. He you know, looks just like me, handsome. He's intelligent beyond his years. Now, he... Um, it's funny because we do, he looks like a miniature version of me, like physically, which means that he's probably going to grow up to be, at least from a high school football point of view, would probably be a bruiser. But I really don't want him playing um, because it's just hard to justify. Even if you, I mean, even if you make it to the professional ranks, which is unlikely for almost anybody. And I've known many professional football players just from the people I've known in college. Most of them don't last, which isn't unusual. They don't last in the NFL very long. 
Um, you know, the average career there is very short, and and all of them came out just like I have a very close friend who told me that one of the best days of his life was when he got cut. Yeah, and you think that'd be a low point for most people, but he's like, I was in so much pain from playing that it was just like, you know, I the decision's kind of been made for me. Um, so I I don't know I that's drifting into other territory, but. No, no, no. That's uh, no, that's perfect. You're watching the lawyer show on JP Kathy and the Crew Network. Uh, you can catch JP Kathy and the Crew between seven thirty and nine on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You're watching the lawyer show between twelve and one on Thursdays. And no, Judd, people have to understand what lawyers talk about every day. And when you come into my office and you want to ask a question about you know, an expunction or a non-disclosure or the most recent opinion by the Court of Criminal Appeals, you're going to hear about how Texas football sucks. That's how That's how the practice of law, that's how we have to do it sometimes. And, and no, I, I, I always value your, your input on it. And, and what you said, I've heard what you've said, um, I've heard what you've said from other people um, who've, 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 you know, you come into contact with on the planet um, who are, uh, you know, they, they get into sports and, and they're, they're gifted, they're talented, and they just have, I, I don't know about a negative experience, but they, 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 they get a coach who turns them off or, uh, or a situation that turns them off. I, I played high school baseball, that's all. And I just remember waking up every morning and my arm just throbbing, you know, from and, and, and that was high school baseball, which is nothing. And I, I can only imagine the degree of uh, if you're walking around playing for the Brownwood. What are you guys? Lions, baby. The, my bad. The, the Lions. Lions yeah. The Lions. If you're if you're running around playing for the Brownwood Lions and your coach just kind of believes that that we the way we're going to win is we're just going to bash skulls four days out of the week and and then we're just going to be better than it than you on Friday night, right? Um, it kind of sucks. It it does. Now I will tell you, my experience with sports generally has been very positive. Sports has opened up doors for me um, that may not have been opened otherwise. And it's also helped me build confidence in ways, starting relatively young and having some success at it, um, that that has helped. I mean, there's no question about it. Um, It's just that the sport that I was probably best at was was football. And at some point, looking at it and thinking about and I never suffered to my knowledge anyway. I never suffered a head injury. you know, I, I had a knee reconstructed and any number of bumps and bruises and breaks and things like that. But um, it's just it's to a point where I think maybe it's not, maybe there are other paths to take. And there are certainly other sports that that every sport has the potential for injury, but not quite as much. Football, by it, I mean, inherently is a violent sport. And there's only so much you can do to ameliorate those impacts. And I will tell you my experience going from Brownwood High School to the University of Texas, it was like it was like going walking into an onto another planet. I mean everybody was big, everybody was fat. And there are people and, and it's gotten and that was twenty years ago or twenty plus years ago. Nowadays you see these guys and it's like how in the world is that person moving that fast? Well there's only so much that a helmet's going to do before the physics catches and, and that's my kind of concern with the sport. And I will tell you from a business point of view, the NFL teams are concerned about parents like me because once those kids stop playing or they start playing other sports, then eventually, you know, that's going to be a, a kind of a leading indicator mm-hmm. of what's to come for the NFL, I think. Um, I don't anticipate Texas high school football going into, you know, going dark anytime soon, but, um, but we'll see. That's right. Um, and, one of the lawyers in my office, uh, he was a guest on the lawyer show uh, several weeks ago, uh, said uh, his name is Bo Calibus, and Bo Calibus says, he told me the other day that uh, soccer, he says soccer is for countries that have not put a man on the moon. 
So, so that 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 that's kind of his two cents. Let let's uh, you know, I I let, let's move on here. Um, <laughs> I want to talk about your your uh, your days at the big firm. Okay, I don't know if we can name them. I don't like getting sued. Uh, I don't think they would or could. Was, You're a lawyer. I work. Well, I, well, I mean, I work there. I'll say it. I'll say it. And they oh. can sue me. No, I work there. I okay, mean, I, fine. I work, All right, man. All right. I you you heard it. Name. They can sue Judd Leach. Go. All right. There you go. There you go, Mr. You can learn that you can't squeeze blood from a stone. So uh, <laughs> I worked for Jones Day. That's where I that's where I got my start was at Jones Day. Okay. And talk to me about your experience there. Talk. Uh, tell us about what's it like to work at a big law firm. And And you also did... Uh, and and if you watch the lawyer show, our fans have subtly learned the difference between transactional law and litigation, right? Okay. Unlike me, I'm a criminal defense lawyer. Uh, AK, well, that is a form of litigation, but it, it's for people who, <laughs> you know. Anyway, it, it's for people like me uh, who talk a lot about their good looks and and wear glasses like this. Uh, but when you um, Talk about transactional law. Talk about the type of law you did, and then talk about what it's like to work for the big firm out of law school. Sure, um, I will tell you. Um, I have nothing but good things to say about Jones Day, I, I, and that—that's the honest to goodness truth. You're just afraid um, of getting sued now. Is that Pete the Cat on your wall? Oh, that yeah, that's Pete the Cat signed by Dean. Uh, what's his name? Man, we are. Uh, yes, we are big fans. It's Dean. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna stump me on this. Anyway, yeah, that's a pizza cat original from uh, my wife picked it up in New Orleans a few years ago, and it says you're not the boss of me. It's the story of my life. Man, that's that that's actually a really huge theme on the planet. Keep going, keep yeah. going. Okay, okay, so big firm, big law. Well, and I will tell you, um, and this is this is true. I think I've gotten better at this over time. But when I was in law school and looking at clerkships, um, I was fortunate to have a lot of clerkship opportunities, and and so I had a lot of firms to choose from. And I was talking to a friend of mine, um, Robert Flowers. You probably know Robert, or you might remember Robert. And he said, "Okay, so you're going to go to Jones Day and which other firm?" So I was going to pick two over the summer. And I was like, "Why Jones Day?" Because at that time. As a law student, they all looked this. All of these firms looked the same to me. I mean, they were all big and they all paid well, and they all, you know, there's there's all of that kind of the, the glossy aspects of them. And so I figured he knew more than I did, so I, I went there. Um, and I really, I really enjoyed it. I felt um, I, I felt embraced by the firm. I liked the work that they were doing. At least I thought I I did. You know how much I knew at the time. Um. And so my experience overall um, was was really a good one, but it's good in the sense of like um, in retrospect, it, it's good. It's like when people talk about going to boot camp or something, and it's like in the in the throes of that, it probably wasn't very much fun, as you may know. Um, but looking back on it, it's like, well, wait, you know, there there is something good about it. I worked a lot. I mean that that was the thing, and I don't I don't know if that's necessarily true of every big firm lawyer, uh, but it certainly isn't unusual. I worked all day, every day, every day. <laughs> you know, it was when you when you worked for well, the the, your, the, the law firm had a nickname. It did. It did. Because you're the one that wants to get sued, I'll let you. It was, it was, Jones days, nights, and weekends. Yeah, yeah. It 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 definitely had that that um, reputation. But oddly, um, you know, I I think that that's probably consistent with with a lot of big firms. Depending, I mean, it's, there are variables even within big firms. I will tell you this: when I drove out of the parking lot at night or very early in the morning, which was common. Um, there was kind of the same group of cars there. And so mine was one of those. So even within that, even within a, a big firm culture, there are subcultures and other things involved. And it depends on what you're doing. I was a real estate lawyer in real estate capital market. Um, and the way that group was structured is we were actually pretty small. 
Um, and I think one of the reasons why is that the head of the of Jones Day's worldwide real estate practice was was resided in Dallas. He was in the Dallas office. And I think he liked to keep the group relatively small in case you ever had a you know kind of a lull in work. You didn't have to let a bunch of people go. And so I kind of appreciated it. It kept us busy, and it kept younger lawyers like me, um, you know, they would give me as much rope as I could take without hanging myself. And so relatively early in my career, I was being given a lot of responsibility. I had a lot of great mentors making sure that I wasn't screwing things up. But I was doing a lot of deal work real early in my career. Uh, and part of that is because I wasn't one of 70 people in the office doing it. It was a very small group. Um, and so, you know, depending on the mood that I'm in, when I, when I look back, I was very, very busy, and that can be very fatiguing because it is, it is. My mom used to joke. She'd say, uh, "I don't, I don't think she was joking." She said, "Aren't you glad you didn't go to medical school? Because you would have been on call. They had those thirty-six hour on calls." Like, mom, I've been on call for years. I've never been off call at this place because if if something comes up, if a deal hits the door, if it's the middle of the night, if they need you wherever, uh, then then that's what you were expected to do. Of course, you were compensated well for it, um, and it was, a, it was a good law firm, um, very well run, I always thought. And so, yeah, I mean, but it, it, it's not a life for everybody. And, and ultimately, I determined it wasn't the life for me. And that's, and that's kind of what led to me, you know, m making some moves and ending up where I am now. But um, the type of law I was in, again, I was a real estate lawyer. Um, we called it real estate capital markets. Really, it's just kind of real estate. Um, try to think of the best way to explain it. Um, kind of real estate at a larger level. So we didn't we didn't focus on one-off transactions, although we certainly did some of those. But we represented investment um, investment funds largely, who would come in and they would buy up or sell, you know, whatever the whatever cycle they were in large portfolios of real estate typically. So occasionally, you know, you would sell a building here or buy a building there, but it wasn't that unusual to sell a, you know, 80 buildings at once or something like that or some smaller portfolio. And, and of course, our clients were capital providers uh, instead of capital users, which kind of cast it in a slightly different, um, it's a little more recession-proof, not completely, but a little bit more. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I got to work on deals that, I, I mean, in, in any other setting, I probably wouldn't have gotten to. Bigger deals, um, complicated deals, you name it. So uh, you're watching JP, Kathy, and the Crew Network. You can watch JP, Kathy, and the Crew, 7.30 to 9, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. This is The Lawyer Show, and uh, you can watch us from noon to 1 on Thursdays. Let's translate some of this to... Uh, JP Kathy and the Crew Nation, who probably manages their own portfolios and buying and selling eighty buildings at a time is probably nothing to them. <laughs> but in the uh, in the off chance that they're that they're uh, you know drinking water out of the fire hose on this, um, let me help you break this down and and make sure that 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 uh, even I'm understanding it because. When you say a one-off investment, that would be like Jeremy wants to buy a building. Jeremy's never bought a building. Jeremy wants to buy a building. You know that's and and even that can be a multi-million-dollar. You know, if you've got enough cheese to do something like that, that could be a huge transaction for an individual, right? Right. Absolutely. Yeah, you're talking about these. Basically, you're talking about money groups that. They, they've just, and, and these can be, are these hedge funds, are these retirement account, or not retirement accounts, are these um, trust funds for retirement? Well, I mean, is it, how did the money, yeah, how does the money of, come together? Yeah, they, they can be a lot of things, you know, conceivably. Um, I, I did some work with hedge funds, although hedge funds um, tended, they're, they're their investments tended to be um, a little more liquid than real estate. The real estate takes some time to move around, even if you can if you find a buyer. Um, it's not something that you get rid of overnight. Um, 
But the way that a lot of these funds will work is you'll have a group, um, whatever it happens, whoever it happens to be, just some group of people, and they will go out and solicit money from um, investors. And those investors, uh, so this wouldn't be unusual if you said, if Jeremy said, I want to go buy a building, but I don't have the money, so I'm going to go solicit money from friends, investors, whatever. It's the same thing. It's just on a slightly bigger scale where I may be soliciting money from retirement funds, from, you know, state retirement funds, from foreign governments, potentially from whatever else where they're saying, we're looking for investments. We need to invest this money and they give it to me. And then I take that money. And, and so let's say I've got a billion dollars or whatever it is in this fund. And then I say, okay, I'm going to go out and invest this in, um, real estate in my case. So I'm going to go invest it. So I'll take that billion dollars. And instead of just saying, I'll buy a billion dollars worth of assets, I'll go out and leverage that billion dollars. So I'll borrow money against it. And then I'll go out and I'll buy $3 billion worth of property. Right. And then I hold those properties. I get them, you know, up and running, how, whatever they're supposed to be, get them cash flowing. And that's the money that goes back to the investors. And then after that, period, usually around five years or so, you sell them. <laughs> you know, it's like a slow flip uh, of, of a property. So a lot of the concepts that you see on HGTV about flipping or mm-hmm. you know, investment, it, it, fundamentally, it's not any different than that. It's just at a bigger scale. So instead of saying, I'm going to invest in this property and it's worth $800,000, it's like, yeah, okay, well, I'm going to invest in this property and it's worth, it's worth $80 million. It, but the principles largely are the same. And, and I will tell you, my job as, as the lawyer doing that, at the, and I was kind of at the ground level, when I say that, if you look at that transaction or look at that whole kind of flow chart that I kind of just described, there are a lot of different disciplines involved along the way. And so up at the top, you'll have people who do fund work, and that's essentially creating the companies and the investment um, kind of pathways into those companies. And then you get down to kind of the bottom of the structure chart. And that's really where I live, which is this is the entity that actually owns this property and they want to sell it or buy it. And, and so really it's real estate. It was real estate law 101 as far as it went for the stuff that I did within our real estate group at, at Jones Day, we had a lot of different specialties within that group. I did kind of the, 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 meat and potatoes kind of real estate stuff, but we had people who did more of the loan work. We had people who did more of the entity structuring. We had people who could deal with the fund level. Um, and we had people who would do like the, the, uh, the partnership stuff, dealing with who's getting paid what and when as we're bringing groups together. Mine was really the X's and O's. Mine was that part of the playbook where it's like, okay, we've got. I thought you didn't like football. Well, you Keep know, going. I still use a lot of sports analogies for someone. Because they work. But, uh, they work. Um, but really, I mean, in my, it, from, from where I was sitting uh, in the work that I was doing, it was traditional real estate work. It's just the, the, the property, the, the number of zeros after sure. the comma tended to be bigger. And, and yeah, that's, that, I mean, that a phenomenal point. I, I, I want the, you know, the audience to just... What I guess I want them to understand and see with the Judd Leach story is just, you know, so you go from working with all these zeros, right? And you go from, and, and we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars in, or, billions. Or, or, or whatever. I mean, you say that so, oh, yeah. you say that so casually and 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 you know an an analogy in the criminal world murder is basically it basically legally works the same as assault right and assault can be as low as a traffic ticket uh level offense or it can be as high as life in prison or or the death penalty legally it, there's it, it's in the same family and it works the same ways and and it's very hard to get younger lawyers to understand guys it's the same thing Right, person takes an action. Action has the result. The result. The only difference is, in in many instances, is the result is someone died. Right, uh, is is death, and that can be a lot more complicated. But it's just the the gravity of the the situation. But 
you say a billion dollars so very casually, and, and here's where I want to go with this. Um, you, you know, you're, you are, you know, talk about the move to Tarleton. Talk about, you know, how a guy who can say billion dollar transactions so casually and, and, and be moving around these huge, huge piles of money and helping clients, you know, appropriately do that. Talk about, um, you know, I, there's no easier way to say it. Why? 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 Or, or ask it. Well, I enjoy poverty. I've got a hair shirt on <laughs> that I wear around as my atonement for. Now, I the billion dollar thing, though, I, w- I will tell you, let me just put a little coda on that. If, if you can swim in shallow water, you can swim in deep water, right? It's swimming. And so the, the psychology changes because as you get more zeros at the end of that, people start getting a lot more nervous. Mm-hmm. But as you were saying with the salt, but the law is the same, right? It's like it's the same law. Now, you can run into complexities in transactions of that type that you don't necessarily run into, like right. buying a, a vacant lot next door. But the basic blocking and tackling of one is the same as the next. It's just on a larger scale. Um, how did I get here? Well, it wasn't it wasn't a direct route. I I was to a point, um, and this is, is kind of um, – part of the story about my experience at Big Wall, I got to a point where I realized this this isn't the path I want to take. And it wasn't the firm, because um, again, I, I have nothing but but good things to say about Jones Day in my experience there. I learned so much um, as a lawyer. I had great mentors. I had good work. The people took care of me. I've got nothing but good things to say. But I knew that that was going to be the death of me. If I stayed there and continued burning at that rate, um, it, it was going to be it was going to be problems at home. It was going to be a lot of stuff because I became very one dimensional uh, in that process, where it's just like you're just working and we're not. For me, some people are better at you know shutting things off, and I am not. So if I wasn't working, I was worried about working. So um, we ended up moving to Austin. So we moved back to Austin. Um, and I worked at a firm there, a smaller firm, but still a large firm by, by tip, you know, or ordinary standards. And I did that for, for a couple of years. And that's about the time the great recession really kicked in. And I started, or what we thought was the great recession at the time. Well, that's right. Great recession, great recession. The first part one. Um, Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And I will tell you that was, that was the craziest thing because that went from being reasonably busy, not like Jones Day busy, which is another category of busy, but reasonably busy to nothing, like almost overnight. And and so I started looking around at that point. I thought I, I need to, to make a change. And so I ended up going and working for the city of Austin. So I joined the legal department at the city of Austin. And, and I will tell you, I absolutely loved that job. My wife will tell you that's the only time she ever heard me say that I look forward to going to work. So you don't look uh, forward to going to work now. Well, I look forward to going to work now. So that's not what time. you said. See, we cross-examined. See, this is this is now you you know, we look for little loose threads and then we and we hit People, hard. Boy, you didn't know you didn't know you were coming on sixty minutes here, did you today? I, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. Um, I. Uh, I, I do no, I do enjoy coming to this. It's a different, but it's more I, like I'm a tradition. totally teasing. I'm totally teasing, yeah. but I, no, I want to hear about the city of Austin, and I want to hear what you did for them, uh, because that's got to be a radically different uh, experience as well from what you had done before, and probably what you're doing now. Right. No, it it, ab- it absolutely was different. Um, now, I was still doing real estate, so I was I was an assistant city attorney, but essentially I was the city's real estate attorney. That was kind of my portfolio. And cities own a lot of real estate um, and have a lot of dealings with real estate. And also, I was kind of over the real estate aspects of the parks. And Austin has a lot of parks, and there's a whole host of issues. In fact, I have an article that only close people to me have skimmed. And uh, it's in the Texas Tech, to bring it home, give you a little love, Texas Tech Administrative Law Journal dealing with park use laws. Um, There's a lot of pictures in that in any periodical that's uh, that that's 
that's from Texas Tech University. I love the place. <laughs> I like pictures. Go. I like it. Hell, anyway, okay, keep going, keep going. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, that's what I did at the city, and and um, I really enjoyed the work. I, I will tell you one thing that was different, like the most, the the craziest difference between what I'd been doing in the past, other than just kind of scale, was I didn't have to keep time anymore. I didn't have to keep my hours. I was just, I was there. I worked for the city. Everybody I worked for in the city was, was a client. Um, and they were all, we all got paid by the same person. So I didn't have to bill hours. And, and I did not miss doing that for a minute. Um, the, the days were more reasonable as far as, you know, what you could get through. Everything wasn't on fire all the time. Um, and, and I really enjoyed the people I worked with, worked with then. And, again, uh, yeah, I really, again, right. you know where I'm going with this. Why do you hate all the people you work with now? <laughs> well, if you met some of them, you would know. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm no, glad they're not watching because they don't have electricity I, I, in, in Stephenville. That's another joke. Uh, but Yeah, now, see, I'm, I'm miles and miles away. They can't, they can't get here. They so. can't touch you. Yeah, and no, not I, that they would know how to even, you know. Anyway, keep keep going. Uh, okay, so City of Boston. I have been lucky. Let me say this. I have been lucky in my career to have um, been surrounded by good people with whom I get along everywhere I've worked, including <laughs> including here. In fact, I brought this up in a faculty meeting once where we were about to have a change of, of, of leadership. And I told him, I said, that's my concern. It's real easy to ruin a culture. It's hard to build culture. It's real easy to destroy it. And in this, in the College of Business, like these people aren't just colleagues. I like these people. I hang out with these people. If they need something, I'm there. If they need something, if, they, if I need something, they're there for me. And so, I, no, I've been lucky. I keep waiting for that luck to run out where you work for someone you just or around people you absolutely hate. Um, but so here's the story that you're driving for. So I'm at the city of Austin um, and I really, really enjoy the work. My wife at the time is, um, was at, was at the time working for a, a research group at the university of Texas. And I just started thinking that she's more of a traditional academic type. And I thought, well, I, and so every once in a while during break, I'd be looking for faculty positions. And one came up here at, at Tarleton. And it looked like it was written for her. I mean, it's just it, it matched her her education and interests and everything. And so, long story short, because this story can go on forever, uh, um, she applied and she got the job. But then I couldn't find anything to do in Stephenville, so there was, there was that issue. Um, and so she had to turn down the job. And long story short, um, they came back and offered it to her again. And so at that time, this position came open. So it was just like it was meant to be this business law uh, faculty position came open at the same time. And I, we were both able to move here and, and be on the faculty. So, that's, that's what we call in Yiddish, we call that kismet. And I yeah. know that Yiddish is big in Stephenville. It is bigger than you might, you know, it's not. But I, yeah. Okay, so... I'll, I'll, uh, the, the, I, I've never been to Tarleton State. I don't even know if I've been to Stephenville. I've driven close enough. You guys have some nuclear reactors there, or close. That you were, you were within about 30 minutes. Of okay. That's Glen Rose. Now, Glen oh, Rose. Glen, Glen Rose, yes. And so my, my, uh, the only thing I've heard about Stephenville, and you tell me if, if I'm right or not, is I hear that the guys, I, I hear that they wear their Wranglers so tight you can tell what religion they are. That's all I know about it. Again, another another. This is a family network. You're listening to JP, Kathy, and the Crew Network. Uh, this is the Lawyer Show. We're on from noon to one on Thursdays. You can watch JP, Kathy, and the Crew, uh, seven thirty to nine uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So uh, I want to talk about your class. I want to talk about what you teach. I want to talk about a day in the life because uh, I'm guessing you're not billing hours at right now. Um, Talk to us about teaching. Well, teaching, I, I've always enjoyed the idea of teaching. That's something that I tried when I was, when I was 
working in, especially like at Jones Day, um, I try to spend a lot of time with our young lawyers and with our clerks because, and I, I realize how hokey this probably sounds, but there were a lot of people who took an interest in my career and really sat down and taught me stuff. And so I would try to do the same thing, and, and, I, and it, was, it was gratifying to do it. So um, teaching is different, and, and this is not law school. This is, these are business students, um, most of whom will not go to law school. Um, not that they couldn't necessarily, but it's just not on their, on their radar. And so, you know, going through and figuring out, well, what, how do I teach these students something that will benefit them as business people without, without it being like law school? Because, you know, if, mm-hmm. as a law student, you're learning so much and the details and the exceptions and the exceptions to the exceptions and all of that stuff. But at this level, it's like they don't really need to know all of that. So how do you package what you know and meet them where they are? And so... Um, it, it has had its challenges, but it's been a lot of a lot of fun. I teach four classes a semester. Um, I have a business law one and a business law two. Those are the two classes I teach, and we essentially cover soup to nuts. I mean, it goes from you know what is the law to contracts, torts, some criminal law, not a whole lot. I try to tell them this um, if you can. Uh, you know, business people can commit crimes too. Let's just leave it. At oh that. yes, and that's when Judd Leach sends them to me. That's right. You're my go-to if I get they get in trouble up in the in the metroplex. We go statewide, man. I go I go everywhere. Well, I'll keep I'll keep that in mind. Um, and we get into stuff like secure transactions and agency principles and bankruptcy. I mean, again, it's kind of a it's a it's a survey level treatment, and we break it into two two classes. Um, and most semesters I have somewhere between 180 and, you know, 220 students total. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, we just, we go through the, go through the ropes and, and I try to, I try to convince them to start thinking about stuff, like learn how to think, especially learn how to recognize when you don't know something, right? Because it's, it's that, that notion of, of the known knowns, you know what you know, and and there are times you know what you don't know, and in either one of those situations, you're actually in a pretty good place. It's when you don't know what you don't know that you blunder in and make mistakes, and I've had clients do that over the years, um, and these were clients who had money and, and access to things that the average Joe doesn't, and they would make some of these boneheaded errors, like, and you think, why in the world would you have done that? Why didn't you ask someone first? And so I try to equip them with just enough knowledge to where kind of a light will blink in their head and they'll think, I better ask someone about this. Am I missing something? And and I tell them, don't be afraid to ask questions and don't be afraid to admit you don't know something because there's strength in that, believe it or not. It doesn't make you look dumb. It makes you look smart in the end because mm-hmm. if you don't know, then you can find out. Um and it's been an interesting time. I mean, we have a, a our students. Uh, let me stop uh, you there because I want to make a point that yeah. and and kind of uh, expound on on one of the concepts you just said. One of my experiences, I always when I'm picking a jury, I look for a small I look for small business owners, and I look for uh, for other types of business people who may, if they're not a small business owner themselves, maybe they lead a small group or maybe maybe they're the head of a. Of a, of a of a medium-sized unit or a small-sized unit and the reason being is because they tend to I, I, I really pay extra attention to them on jury selection because that's those are all potential foremen of your jury because those are people who want to sort of command a small group and they don't know what they don't know and well that didn't come off right I don't know what I just said I don't know what I don't know but the the point, but I, I think you're smelling what I'm stepping in. Yeah. That what I'm saying is is that it, is that sometimes they don't recognize what they don't know. Uh, they may fear looking weak. They may fear looking like they don't have the answers. They may fear losing control of that group dynamic. And so you always, always, always have to spe- pay special attention to those types of individuals. In my view. When you're when I'm picking a jury, for the reason that that person you're you, you, that person's going to go over and take over in your jury room, 
And if they're against you, you can forget it. Um, if they if they love everything that you're throwing out there, then you might consider putting them in there. You know, uh, or or if you just want to drive everybody nuts, you just you just you put two of them in there and then you let them fight it out. Uh, but but yeah, I, I I I can't tell you how important I see that as being from you know just from a small business owner standpoint, and and this developed over time. You know, over over the cases and cases and cases and cases that we try. Um, and again, another big part of the lawyer show is me talking about all the push-ups I can do. And to Vanita Parker, who was my guest last week, she asked me how many push-ups I could do because I kept saying that these are lawyer push-ups; they're figurative in nature. Uh, but but the point yeah, is, is that yourself up out of your chair. What's that? Yeah. Count as a push-up when I get out of my chair. That that that. I'm lucky if I get that these days. Um, but yeah, uh, the the point being is. Um, uh, I, I think your point's really well taken that to, 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 to be able to go out and ask and what, like you're saying, recognize the issue uh, because that's, you know, it, it's when the ship sails in the night past the port that that's the problem, right? It's the, right. you know, but I'll let you keep talking because you're more interesting than I am and you're better at explaining well, these that, things. That, that makes me sad for both of us, Jeremy, but... Uh... <laughs> Now, that's the thing, and, and I told them as, as a lawyer, I said, there have been plenty of times in my career where someone on the other side has proposed something, and they've drafted something in a contract, whatever it is, and I read it, and I'm like, you know what? I don't understand what you're saying. I, I don't get it, and I'm, I'm reasonably smart, and I'm pretty good at reading comprehension, and I think if I can't understand this, then, then that's something you need to fix, and I told them, it's like, don't. Don't worry about doing that. If that makes me look dumb, fine. But I'd rather look dumb that way than have something screw up and then have to explain to a client that I got, walked them into something because I didn't understand it. It's like, you know, it, it's fine. And as it happens, every time I told someone I don't get this, typically they would fix it to the point where it's like, now I get it because now the words make sense. Um, but that's the... The secret. I mean, like in, in business law one, I will tell you just it's kind of at a more detailed level. We spend a lot of time talking about contracts. Um, it, it's not the only topic we cover, but it is the one where I kind of squat on it for a while because they've got to know contracts because everything is contracts. Every, I mean, everything, every other, almost every other discipline in business revolves around contracts. Whether you say, well, this isn't contract, it's lending. It's like, well, okay, what's that? Well, this is insurance. Well, what's that? Right? All of these things, <laughs> all of these are contractual concepts. We just, we just call them something else, and then we don't get into all of the minute detail, that granular level of offer and acceptance and this and that. But it's like the overall, these concepts are the same. So I'm trying to equip these students not with like a pre-law education, but with when you go out and start operating your whatever business, and a lot of them will go into small business, either starting their own or, or being employees of one, they'll be able to recognize some of these problems. Um, and, I, you know, I get re reasonably good feedback from them over the years saying, you know, we were talking about this thing, and, and this is what happens. Like, well, there you go. That's, that's education at work. It's always neat when those things come together. So, um, But I've really enjoyed I, I, I This semester has been hard for me because I really enjoy being in the classroom with them. Um, I like, it's, it's like a performance of sorts, and it's much harder to do that through a Zoom meeting. Um, and, and even in a classroom with masks on, it's just, it's a lot harder to, to, to kind of have that same connection. But it beats the all time. I mean, can you imagine when we were in college um, or even law school, if, if this had happened? Mm, no. Mean, it, no, I really that couldn't. Have been it. Yeah, I mean, we would have just been, and 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 would have marched it. Yeah, and, and I worry that a lot of people. I worry that a lot of kids who are on the right track, who are keeping their the the the, the their legs churning and, and driving towards a goal, driving towards an education, uh, that they that, that this derails some of them per, potentially permanently. You know, I mean, you 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 have folks who uh, put college off for years decades and then they come back or um you know they, they they get into it and then this gives them an out and then they join the workforce and then it's just they don't they don't have the interest right. two questions for you we've got about three four or five minutes left 
or so. Uh, but I do have a couple questions for him. One of them you just kind of already answered, which is, do you can do, do you still have contact with some of your students? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Some of them, um, some of them have become friends. You know, I, I where over the years it's like I really like these. They're, these are people I would hang out with. I mean, in in Sometimes the age disparity isn't as much. Some of them are, were older students. But, yeah, absolutely. I like to keep up with, with – and some of them like to keep up with me, you know, so it's not all of them. But, yeah, a handful of them. And I'm, I'm proud every time they go out and do something. Uh, and I said, I said two questions. That was a lie. I meant three questions. Okay. Do they know – and this is a family network, so I'm going to – I think I can say this. Do they know what a badass you are? Oh, I remind them every opportunity I get. I doubt I'll that. Them. I doubt that. I'll date their parents. I'll date their moms. It's great. <laughs> no, they don't know. I, I will tell you, they, um, I mean, do they know that you were first on the bar of, exam? Some of them know that, but, but Jeremy, if, if someone had told you that when you were 19 years old, would that have meant anything to you? Oh, I wouldn't have yeah, even known what bar exam it was. I would have thought the guy drank too much. But that's bar exam, how that's many fun. people take the bar at a time? Thirty-five hundred. I don't. I think that there were. I don't know. It depends. I think during in the in the summer test, it's probably something like that, and then the, in the February, it's probably over a thousand. So and that's all you beat is just over a thousand. Whatever. I mean, that's. Anyway, uh, my last question for you before we go, um, you ever think of hanging out a shingle and can you, do you have, I don't know if you have the time to do that or not, or have you ever thought about doing any pro bono work, even if you're not thinking of hanging, hanging a shingle? I, that's a a great question. I don't, um, I don't think I would want to, to hang a shingle. And frank, frankly, I don't know if I ever wanted to do that. I, I kind of like working in the firm setting. Um, right now, I would be concerned, at least with, with, with kind of my background, that it would take more time. Like, I've got a good friend and colleague here who still does some work on the side. He does probate work. And the stuff he does, he can kind of do efficiently and still get it done. Whereas if I got in the middle of some big deal, it, it, it could drain a tremendous amount of time. Um, but pro bono work, honestly, I should do more of that. I really should. There are needs. So JP, Kathy and the crew, you can watch JP, Kathy and the crew, uh, seven 30 to nine Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, you're watching the lawyer show on the JP, Kathy and the crew network. You can see us between noon and one in English pro bono means free, right? Uh, it, 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 it's work that lawyers are encouraged to do, um, uh, charitably. Um, I do pro bono work. The difference is, is I don't know that I'm doing it at the time. I just know that it's pro bono when the bill doesn't get paid a little bit yeah, later. Retrospectively pro bono. But yeah. Um, there, there are the, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you. I would say there are needs to be met in any town. There are legal needs that aren't met. People probably go to lawyers with less frequency than they, they take the probably out. People go to lawyers with less frequency than they go to dentists or the nail salon, or a bunch of other, you know, we, we need, there, there is a demand for legal assistance. And, and in a town like this, um, I, I really should do more, and I think about it, and then I just drift off. And, and that's something, that I'm being self-critical as I could be. I need to do more. Um, I just haven't done as much as I should. Well, the, uh, the, the question was designed solely to make you feel guilty. And having, having accomplished that, that having having obviously accomplished that, uh, I I think that takes us about to the end of, the, of our time. Uh, Thirty seconds, parting shots. Any last thing you want the planet to know? Just at at this time, let's all start rowing in the same direction, right? As a country, perhaps, um, so that we can get out of our caves and and start actually talking to people. Um, because I'm going to go insane if I'm trapped away from people for too long. So I need everyone to do their part. Now, be good to each other. How about that? That's my parting shot. I love be it. Be good to each other. 
I love it. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, Judd Leach, thank you for watching The Lawyer Show. Goodbye.